Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 147. I'm your host, Alejandro Oveda. Thank you for pushing play to another blazing week. I got to tell you, thank you for all your support. Each and every week has been something new, and I got to tell you, this podcast is here for you guys every Thursday. You guys just got to push play, and you, and that content is going to be there. I just got to tell you, uh, this week has been kind of a gloomy week for us, uh, really trying to get over a little bit of a sickness. My wife has uh, kind of been sick this whole weekend, um, and this upcoming week, well, we actually had to go get COVID tests uh, yesterday, so we're waiting on those results. Hopefully, in the next couple of days, we'll get those results. Um, but I just want to remind you guys just to uh, keep safe right now. You know, we've been seeing a big influx of COVID uh, cases here, especially in the Central Valley. And I just want to just tell you guys, um, this is a big deal, you know, not only because uh, we are the most unvaccinated part of California, but you know, uh, this Omicron uh, variant is now going to be uh, taking over that Delta variant uh, soon because it's uh, highly trans- uh, transmissible. You know, basically anybody who's in contact with this uh, Omicron variant is more more than likely to get uh, COVID. So I just want you guys to remain safe throughout the week, throughout this month, and throughout this year. Um, and I hope you guys have been doing your part, you know. I know I've been uh, vaccinated, but we're becoming to uh, these upcoming weeks to uh, hopefully getting our booster shots. Uh, But other than that, you know, we've been really just trying to stay focused with this podcast. And if you guys are listening to this podcast on Spotify, make sure you guys are also getting uh, Anchor uh, membership. You guys can find that at anchor.fm and I got to tell you, this Anchor uh, platform is amazing, and it keeps on getting better. And, you know, if you guys actually use that Anchor app, you guys could uh, check out a lot more podcasts, especially uh, from creators all around uh, the globe. I mean, I've uh, started listening to a few of them myself, and, you know, they actually have some great content on there. So make sure you guys get that Anchor app. Make sure you guys are listening. Uh, Stay in tune, you know. We're doing this week to week, like I said, and it's here every Thursday. So make sure you guys are sharing and make sure you guys are staying uh, active on the podcast. But this week, you know, we really didn't have much to do other other than uh, listen to music, watch TV. Uh, we really been inside trying to just uh, stay warm. Uh, it's been real cold, real windy, rainy. Uh, as of today, it's been kind of rainy all, all morning right now. It's gloomy outside. Um, you know, it, it's that, it's that, uh, winter weather that we really got to, uh, bundle up, uh, right, <laughs> right now I have sweats and a, and a sweater on. And, and if you guys know me, I'm not really a, a, a sweats kind of person. So it just tells you how cold it is right now in the central Valley. Uh, I just know, uh, we really need this rain as, uh, as you know, I, I go to the river, to the lakes, and, and everything like that. We see how low that water has been. Um, I, I know we have a record amount of rain this past week. Um, I think I think uh, seeing that is going to be a great thing for, you know, the summertime, especially when it comes uh, to these farmers and uh, people that are in need of, of water. You know, uh, 
water is a big deal right now, especially in California. And, and I just hope that, you know, we, we start uh, thinking about uh, the water in a different way. We start thinking of it uh, not as a tool, but as, actually as something that we need to survive. Um, and that's something that I've been really thinking about now uh, as I go fishing, you know, and just seeing how many people pollute, pollute the water, um, especially right here uh, on the San Joaquin River. It is disgusting. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, to me, I need to start taking more of initiative to, to really do my part and maybe go out there uh, every other weekend and, and pick up trash or whatnot. But, you know, it, this is something that I'm really uh, hoping that everybody can get on board with, with this, is this taking care of what we, what we have and, and the sources that we have here. Um, but also this week, you know, I was able to uh, watch two of the biggest hip-hop artists, you know, take stage together after s squashing their ongoing beef. And I'm talking about Kanye West and Drake in their uh, free Larry Hoover concert. And this concert was really to bring awareness um, for the need of prison and sentencing uh, reform. Um, a portion of the merch sales actually went directly to uh, ex-cons, um, especially these uh, groups called uh, Community and Social Change, Hustle 2.0, and Uptown People's Law Center. You know, this was a big moment for hip-hop as this concert sold out to 80,000-plus people um, that filled the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. Uh, Kanye West performed, you know, his all of his hits, uh, for the first time that I, I, I've ever seen him go through uh, his whole catalog. And this was actually a great moment for me because it actually brought me back to those good memories of the past, you know? When I when I would listen to Kanye, um, I mean, Kanye to me is, is uh, probably one of my favorite artists. And I don't mean rappers. I don't mean I, he's an artist to me. He's... He's not rap. He's not hip hop. He's none of these genres. He's his own kind of entity, you know. Um, but seeing seeing that he performed, you know, his hits from uh, when he first started, and then now from his latest Donda. I mean, it's incredible. Um, then then they went back to back songs with uh, Drake. You know, Drake Drake had a great performance as well. But I'm not a I'll be honest, I'm not a huge Drake fan. I, I know he's one of the biggest acts right now in hip-hop. Uh, but to me, in my opinion, um, he still has a, a little bit uh, a ways to go uh, to really get my respect as being the best. Um, but seeing this, you know, seeing them together on the stage, seeing that, you know, they squashed this in front of uh, millions of people, um seeing basically the best artist on stage, you know, meant a lot for a lot of rappers. You know, I hope, I hope they create these memories, uh, these concerts, I would say these concerts and, and figure out a way to, to really benefit, um, you know, these, these, uh, social, these, these prison re reform formation and social, uh, Reformation, you know, I think my only issue was they weren't talking about it during the the whole concert. You know, the the show was supposed to be about it. Um, I know the proceeds went there, but I think the artists really need to speak up and, and really talk about 
maybe some some of their uncles, some of their you know points of view that a lot of people would agree with. I think, um, but it, it the the one thing that it was really um, that caught my eye on this uh, was really just how peaceful it was and how the crowd, everybody, uh, you could tell there was a great energy there. Um, but, but the show did not disappoint. I, I think if you guys, uh, take the chance to really watch it, watch it on YouTube, uh, you could stream it there or, you know, anywhere else you, you get your, uh, videos at. Uh, but this week also wanted to remember one of the greatest singers of all time. You know, um, he sang songs of love, loss, uh, patriotism. Uh, he goes by the name Vicente Fernandez, and uh, he actually was pronounced dead earlier this week. He was enamored by so many. Um, many refer to him as El Rey, the king of tradi traditional ranchera music, and he was pronounced dead at the age of 81 last Sunday. Um, I was aware, actually, of his death uh, through all the posts on my timeline, through my social media outlets. I mean, it was flooded. Um, he was previously, I know, hospitalized for months from suffering like a back injury or a, I think it was a spinal injury. Uh, that actually placed him on a ventilator at the ICU. Um, then Vicente, you know, he was actually known as uh, the Mexican Sinatra, and he brought ranchetta music, uh, which emerged around the 19th century, to the rest of, you know, Latin America and also the United States. He has performed at, you know, the largest venues in the world. Um, he was an actor. He starred in the film Tacos al Carbon, Carbon in 1971. He earned a, a star at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He won his first Grammy Award in 2010, uh, where he won Best Ranchero Album for Mascan El Numero Uno. Um, in total, Fernandez won three Grammys and nine Latin Grammys. Um, so this guy, you know, he, he's he's well he's well known and and. I know, I remember um, my dad, you know, speaking so highly of him. Uh, uh, but one of, I think one of my favorite uh, moments for him was when he was sang with Tony Bennett um, when they came together for the record Return to Me, which Fernandez ended up singing in Spanish uh, for Bennett's album. And, you know, this is, this is a, a sad time, but I also wanted just to, uh, just to celebrate him in a way, uh, you know, just, just talk about his, maybe his latest album. Uh, I've been listening to it all, all week. It's called I Miss eighties, which was released in 2020. Uh, this album was released to really celebrate his life and also, uh, showing, you know, his strong vocals, <laughs> You know, at 80, still had it. You know, this uh, this uh, project is 13 songs uh, long, produced by uh, family friend uh, Francisco Ramirez Lopez, and it features uh, a bunch of Mexican composers uh, that really complete, you know, his mariachi and ranchetta sound. Uh, this album is almost a dedication to his grandchildren, with, which also... 
follows his footsteps. I think some of them are um, also musicians and I think an actor or, or, or whatnot. But um, I know um, this album really, really, really hit with me because, you know, he, he just dedicated it to his life and, and everything that he loved. Um, but he he en- ended up announcing his retirement from the stage at um, in 2016, but this did- didn't stop him from making records. So this I Miss 80s here is just one of the hundreds, I believe, because uh, there is definitely a myth that there's about a, a hundred different um, Vicente Fernandez albums that has been unreleased. I mean, there's so much content from him. I... I mean, when I go on his Spotify, the list keeps going and going. It's hard to really catch up with what he's done. Um, but but definitely with, with this I Miss 80s, um, my favorite songs are El Caballo de Mi Padre, Ya No Incestas Corazón, and Yaniticio. I don't know if I say these things, Rock. I don't speak Spanish, but... I often look up his lyrics and, you know, this has to be one of my favorite albums, especially in, in, in another, another language. Um, but if you're a fan of Vicente Fernandez, you know, I want to know what, what your favorite songs are. You know, uh, my favorite song would have to be Volver, Volver, which reminds me definitely of my dad. You know, we used to listen to his music all the time on the weekends. That was my dad's music days were, were the weekends. So, I never really respected his music when I was a kid, but now that I'm a grown-up, I definitely do, and and I just love this type of music. Um, And now that I respect, you know, my culture, I I kind of understand uh, why my dad took it so so, uh, harshly when I used to bash it. But, you know, make sure you guys check out um, anything from Vicente Fernandez, R.I.P. And this week, we're able to watch a bunch of different shows and the one I wanted to review this week was the Tiger King the Doc Antle story you know we all know of the Tiger King which took the world by storm in 2020 when the pandemic hit the nation uh while we're all at home millions of people tuned in to watch this drama filled series on Netflix you know the first series was about Joe Exotic and his big cats um and there's expected claims that he hired to kill enemy Catwoman, uh, Carol Baskin. Well, this is part of the story, uh, but it's actually about Doc Antle. Um, and Doc Antle is an animal collector, just like Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, just like Carol Baskin. Um, he's actually a very, he's a, re- a very eclectic person, almost a character, with almost this, I, I don't even know what to say. It, it's a dis, a disturbing past, which he does not talk about. You know, in much of his earlier days, he was known as Bhagavan. And this is what this documentary is about. Uh, this three-part series about his past, which many women, you know, have already uh, came out, alleged sexual abuse, violence in his past relationships, um, he's also known to have, you know, sexual relationships with girlfriends who were underage. And once, 
you know, he got into these relationships, you know, he would manipulate them, he would threaten them, he would actually not even threaten them, like, to hurt them, he would actually threaten to kill the animals that those ladies were taking care of. Um, so if they ever left him, he would threaten to kill the animals. This is a this is a documentary that shows, you know, what this cult, like a cult is or a cult following is, um, especially that he had during, you know, his younger years. Uh, but the, the documentary has some crazy twists, a lot of crazy turns, you know, as they they're now trying to really shut Doc Antle down. Uh, but if you like controversy and if you like crazy cult stories, make sure to check out this documentary. Um, I had to watch this series because I am a Tiger, you know, King fan. I I, I enjoy Joe Exotic. I don't know why it, it's just the crazy story that keeps going. You know, it, it, it once you see these documentaries, it unravels and it, it just makes you think of how, how, why do people think this way or why do people act this way? You know, it's a, it's a crazy thing and we live in a crazy world. So this is just one of those uh, <laughs> shows that you guys just have to watch. So make sure you check out uh, Tiger King and the Doc Antle story. The first thing I want to talk about this week is the mass mandate uh, that California is bringing back for indoor public seating. When And this is after Wednesday, after influx of COVID-19 cases, uh, and the mandate will go through January 15, uh, 2022. California officials say that the mask mandate will help reduce the spread of COVID-19 and the statewide seven-day average case rate increased by almost 50% since Thanksgiving. Hospitalizations also increased by 14%. And the Central Valley is an area that we have to really pay attention to as the vaccination rate are low, uh, which hospitals have been seeing a higher number of cases involving unvaccinated. This means the state will tighten up restrictions for people who are not vaccinated. And if someone plans to attend an event with more than a thousand people, they must show proof of an antigen test 24 hours prior or a PCR test up to 48 hours beforehand. Many health officials are worried that there will be an even bigger spike of COVID cases as we get closer to the holidays. California is also recommending that people who travel during the holidays to get tested for COVID-19 within a few days after returning home. The state also announced that San Francisco is exempted from this month-long mandate due to their high vaccination rate. The city of San Francisco will continue to allow their fully vaccinated people to remove masks in gyms and workplaces. And I believe that this is a good thing California is doing as Omicron is sweeping the globe. They say that Omicron variant multiplies 70 times faster and has now been reported in at least 36 states and 75 different countries. Omicron is expected to become the most dominant coronavirus variant, they say, by January. The U.S. has recorded 50 million COVID-19 cases and more than 802 deaths. I just want to remind you guys just to stay safe. Make sure to wear your mask in public. Keep your six-foot distance. Wash your hands and do your part to keep everyone safe through this tough and trying time. Remember, we're all in this together.
And you know, this podcast is a huge fan of the local music scene. So this week, I really wanted to review someone new to the podcast. He goes by the name of Concept and Raps out of the uh, city, Porterville, from California. He was named Hip Hop Artist of the Year at the Central Valley Music Awards. You know, I really gravitate towards his sound, which I believe is a mix of styles. His latest project, Everything is Everything, was released in 2020 and is packed with nine songs for a good listening experience. His style reminds me of almost a Ty Dolla Sign slash Pop Smoke. Um, so, you know, he's a you know singer slash rapper. Uh, he's very melodic sound. And I think it could really carry over to the commercial side very easily. Um, he is, I think, the voice of Central Valley, you know, for at least a lot of the Mexican-American Latino artists because, you know, his style is a, is a trend-breaking and versatile style. And, you know, with, with this, with this uh, project, Everything is Everything, uh, my favorite songs off of it, were um, Bad Luck, Hole Up, and Shining. And if you're looking for some great local music, make sure to check out Concept on all your streaming services. Also, check out his video of the song Bad Luck now on YouTube. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of this artist because of what he stands for and for also what he's doing for the Central Valley Sound. I hope to hear more from Concept in the new year as I am a true believer that the Central Valley is going to break the scene especially with the firepower that we have with the with our artists. We are now boiling up, and you guys are feeling the same way. I know it. Uh, we, we need to keep supporting our local scene and keep supporting everything local. We are on the brink of something special, and this is why. Um, I'm excited to bring you new music, new artists to this podcast, uh, but let me know, you know, what lo- local artists should I uh we give love to next, you know, I'm always looking for new local music and definitely on this podcast, I like to showcase, uh, what the Valley has, uh, to offer. Now let's talk about our Friday night Lights segment and our central section CIF championship games or state games. Uh, last week we had three local teams in it. Um, Marin Catholic beat central Valley, from uh, Visalia, California, 33-14 to 14 in the Division Four bowl game. Um, Sarah beat Liberty from Bakersfield, 21-16 to 16 in the Division One state bowl game. San Marin defeated Independence from Bakersfield, California, 20-14 to 14 in the Division Five bowl game. Um, and that is it right there, folks. That's it for the high school football season. As this is... I believe one of the best seasons and the most exciting seasons for the podcast. You know, I believe we have some of the best athletes and I believe here in the central Valley, we need to highlight more of these athletes and really show um, what these high school uh, athletes are able to do, you know, especially going into uh, the college programs. Um, Let me know if you enjoyed this segment. Let me know if I should preview more high school sports. Um, let me know what you guys think. Now let's talk about our Fresno State Bulldog football team. They're 9-3, and three, but the last few weeks, we went from losing a head coach to the University of Washington. Then we lose our QB to the college transfer portal 
to the University of Washington to reunite with Coach DeBoer. Then we signed Coach Tedford. Then we see Jake Hayner withdraw from the transfer portal. You know, we are focused on playing football, hopefully now, as the dogs will travel to play UTEP in the Pug B New Mexico Bowl. The only thing is, who will start at QB? As we all know, Hayner is eligible, but the possibility is still a mystery. Fresno State officials did not allow interim coach to answer any Hayner-related questions, leaving him to only dance around really the questions of who will be playing or who will be starting um, the bowl game. Um, the only answers he really had were backup freshman QBs Jalen Henderson and uh, Logan Fife. So we're looking at uh, the interim coach, Lee Marks, as he is focused on helping the dogs win their 10th win of the season. Um, and that will be their 10th time doing that, actually, in 100 years. So that's a big thing. Um, kickoff will take place at 11.15 a.m. on December 18th at Dream Style Stadium with coverage on ESPN. The dogs also have a big day in National Signing Day, which has brought some great talent to our football team. Uh, Fresno State signed three-star wide receiver Jalen Moss, three-star quarterback Jamarian Briggs, uh, defensive back Jaden Davis from Bullard High School. And since, you know, DeBoer left, Tedford signed the dogs, um, all, all of their uh, recruiter recruitments. Um, and they also had one more newcomer uh, to make this uh, program great. I mean, I hope Tedford uh, takes off where he left off. Um, I know Boer, DeBoer was a great coach, but I think Tedford is uh, going to be the coach for uh, Fresno State as I think we need a tenured coach, someone that's going to be here for a while to really transform the program from, uh, I mean, it, it had a great season this year, and let's just continue being great and dominating really the West Coast. But now let's talk about our men's uh, Bulldog basketball, and they're 8-2. Our men's Bulldog basketball team has been playing well as they are on a winning uh, end this past weekend. The Dogs defeated UC Irvine 63-55 to and was led by number 10 Orlando Robinson, who scored 7 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 steals in 33 minutes of play. The Dogs will match up against Cal Poly on Friday, December 17th, and they'll be on the road to face off versus Pac-12 team Utah. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode for more on uh, your men's basketball team. And our women's basketball team is a 3-6, and six, and last week the Dogs were also on the winning end as they defeated CSU Bakersfield. Uh, they beat them 77-64, and they were led by number one Haley Cavender, who scored 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists in 40 minutes of play. Uh, the Lady Bulldogs will match up against UC Merced this Saturday at the St. Mark Center. Then we'll face off against Portland on Monday at home. Um, so make sure you guys tune in uh, for more on the women's uh, Bulldog basketball. But now let's talk about the NFL. And this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars have fired coach, uh, head coach Urban Meyer, ending a 13-game season. As many analysts believe Urban Meyer was not fit for the job to begin with. Um, 
this 13-game tenure, many spoke up uh, about how Urban Meyer was really in the locker room. You know, the ju- the Jags trusted Urban Meyer to to revamp the team, to help them get over the hump, especially with their newly drafted QB, Trevor Lawrence. But Urban really didn't show any signs of improvement. Um, also, last week, uh, there was a report of a kicker that allegedly uh, Coach Meyer ended up kicking him in the leg while he was stretching for the warm-ups. I'm sorry to laugh, but... Why would the coach really kick a kicker in the leg? Um, but that was, you know, in, in uh, preseason. Also, the NFL sources say that wide receiver Marvin uh, Jones Jr. had to really be talked uh, into coming back to the team after Myers really talked bad about, you know, the receiving core. In um, I think it was um, an interview or um, some kind of interview. And um, when on the return, I guess uh, Marvin Jones and Urban Meyer had a heated exchange at that practice. So, you know, these types of behaviors of a coach are dysfunctional and cannot really be tolerated. You know, these were only a few of his misconducts, which includes, you know, inappropriate touching, which could be seen on a video of a woman who was not his wife. Um Myers really was a great coach, uh, but I really think his run in the NFL is over after this stint with the Jags. You know, it is unfortunate to see a great coach just make dumb decisions, probably based off of his ego. You know, hopefully he gets some help, tries to fix his problems. But this week, I really also wanted to talk about the MVP MVP talk right now. Um, And as we are in, you know, week 15, we only have, what, four games remaining. And in my book, I have, you know, three QBs right now at the front running for MVP this year. Um, So far, you know, we have Tom Brady, who's been playing amazing, you know, at the age of 44 in his 22nd season. Brady leads the NFL in every passing category and has the Bucs tied in the number one seed in the NFC. You know, he's playing lights out and probably some of the best uh, football in his career. But then we have Aaron Rodgers, who is the reigning MVP and leading the Packers to a 10-3 record. You know, his team has been injury-prone all season, but we've been able to see his uh, him still lead the league in passer rating. He's thrown 27 touchdowns and only four interceptions. He played poorly in his first game, which many thought, and doubted him, uh, many thought that he it was over, and many doubted that he would play this well this season. Uh, the Packers are currently now in the number one spot in the NFC, uh, and they're uh, holding that number one spot with their win uh, versus the Bucks, and that is holding uh, the Packers in place at number one. Uh, but the third player in my MVP race is Kyler Murray from the Cardinals. I feel like he's having the best uh, season so far, leading the Cardinals to a 10-3 record. Uh, the main reason why the Cardinals are so successful this year is because of Kyler Murray and how well he's been able to really manage the offense. He leads the league in completion percentage uh, and has already 10 uh, TD passes um, and also rushed for uh, four TDs. So, The Cardinals are currently number one in the NFC West 
which is by far the best division in the NFL. Uh, but other mentionable names are um, defensive end Miles Garrett from the Browns, running back Jonathan uh, Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup from uh, the L.A. Rams. I mean, we got a lot of good players this year in the NFL, and I love seeing them compete at a high level. Now let's talk about the NBA, and I want to start off by talking about Isaiah Thomas. Um, I've always been a big Isaiah Thomas fan since he played with the Celtics and his uh, last stint with the Lakers, uh, but now I want to talk about his NBA comeback with the Denver Nuggets. Um, he is now signed to the affiliate, the Grand Rapid Gold. Um, in his first game, he scored 42 points, um, eight assists, six rebounds, and two steals um, in his 42 minutes. It, it looks like he's becoming his old self, and I'm really I'm really proud of uh, what he's been able to do and, and the comeback that he's been able to, to put together. You know, I think uh, this is his shot right now to try to make an NBA roster. He'll be able to be uh, playing the G League Showcase, which is the December 19th through the 22nd. And this is a chance for him to make an NBA roster. And I think Thomas uh, was actually really close to signing with the Lakers. But Rondo got bought out by the uh, Clippers, uh, so they ended up going with Rondo instead. Uh, but I wish they would have uh, picked up Isaiah Thomas because we could really use him. Um, and we, who knows? Who knows what might happen um, as trade deadline comes comes closer together. But we I also want to talk about Stephen Curry as now he is the, the three-point king of the NBA. Um and we all know he plays for the Golden State Warriors, but this past week he became the all-time leader in three-pointers. Um, he did that against uh, the New York Knicks, um, passing Ray Allen by knocking down 2,974 career three-pointers. Um, the record-breaking shot came within seven minutes, 33 seconds left in the first quarter. Um, this was an amazing thing to see. Seeing the crowd really gravitate towards Curry, giving him that moment to really be proud and, and showing uh, Curry pointing at his dad, you know, uh, at that moment when he broke the record, it, it really made uh, made you really uh, sh see the reason why basketball is one of the greatest sports of all time. Uh, but I, I, I think Curry's having an amazing season so far. He's going to do a lot of great things, um, especially with the Golden State Warriors as they're really surpassing any expectations that they've had um, this season. Um, I, I believe that they're going to they're gonna be up there in the playoffs and, and really compete for a championship. Uh, but I also want to talk about my Lakers, um, and I also want to talk about last night's game against the Dallas Mavericks. As we saw Austin Reeves make the last shot uh, to win the game in a in an overtime game, and I, this is a big thing for an undrafted player. So I definitely wanted to talk about it because um, he's one of the key uh, points in 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 my uh, idea of uh, why we're going to be a successful team. He's able to really stretch the floor. He's really able to put the floor uh, put the ball to the floor, dribble. Uh, drive, pass, uh, shoot. He, he he has a lot of game, and uh, it's no reason why he went undrafted to the Lakers and um, 
becoming an, a real asset to the team. Uh, you know, um, this Austin Rivers re is really taking a role after losing, you know, Caruso to the Bulls. And seeing that, you know, we've been able to draft a lot of great uh, players, especially undrafted players. I mean, it shows how well our front office is doing and the Lakers organization is doing uh, with the drafting and also um, trying to bring these these uh players into uh and grooming them into some some key players into our, our our system i just hope that we can put these games together in the upcoming future we're going to be having uh, a few uh hard games uh but this rest of the week should be fairly easy for the lakers as uh, we get uh going into christmas day which we'll be facing off against curry and the and the, and the warriors so we have a bunch of nba left and I can't wait to talk about it. So come back and tune into the Blaze Podcast. The last thing I want to talk about is how the U.S. gymnast won a $380 million settlement uh, against um, the USA Gymnastics and the USA Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Um, they agreed to pay $380 million um, to the survivors of the sexual abuse by former team Dr. Larry Nassar. Um, the two organizations, the two organizations, um, and their insurers reached the agreement, um, which included this payout, as well as a lot of reforms to the orga organizations. You know, this is coming at a time at, as a lot of this stuff is is coming to um, into light. You know, a lot of this misconduct from a lot of organizations, not only the U.S. Olympic team, but we have, you know, the Epstein case right now. We have that um, Doc, that Doc Antle case or case going right now. There's so many things that are coming to light. And I just wanted just to remind you guys that um, nobody is bigger than themselves. You know, you, you think you're bigger than um, the Olympics, this coach, especially that one, the one that, um, you know, ruined these these ladies lives and you know it, it's it's really it's really sad to really watch the olympics now um, especially this last olympics seeing that you know Simone Biles did not compete um while this investigation was going on especially as they're going to get into the trial um you know I, I couldn't imagine that um we competed into the in the olympics this year um, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have been able to do that, but at the same time, that is ruining another, you know, person's dream and, and so on. So this is how much it impacts, you know? Um, but this agreement, I don't think is enough, $380 million, you know, who knows how many other, uh, athletes didn't come to testify. Um, who knows how many, um, Ladies, this is going to affect for the rest of their lives, you know. Um, it should have really been a million dollars, I believe. Uh, a billion dollars. One billion dollars. Um, and I, I, I don't I don't know exactly um, all the details into this case, but I definitely wanted to report that they, they won their $380 million settlement. I mean, like I said, $300 million is not enough. Uh, and I hope that you know this shows the rest of rest of the world and the rest of these organizations olympic 
um, NBA, any any organization that has athletes and are holding these young athletes at a standard, uh, and they're trying to make that standard, um, but they're taking getting taking advantage of them, and you know, it's, it's just really tough to really to put that in thought, you know. But really, I just wanted to just tell you guys, you know, uh, the nobody's bigger than themselves. And it shows exactly with this case right here as uh, this Nassar abuse um, comes to an end uh, with this uh, settlement. And I hope these ladies uh, from uh, the Olympic gymnasts like uh, Simone Biles really uh, could really, you know, get some closure as, you know, now it's not a, a front headline. So, so I want to just uh, thank you guys for pushing play this week. As always, make sure you guys support your local businesses. Make sure you support your local artists. Make sure you support your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda signing off episode 147.